Over the past couple of years, we have been following the blog of Hayden Palm. Hayden was diagnosed with cancer, and she has been sharing openly the ups and downs of her battle with cancer. Yesterday, November the 7th, 2017, at 11.05 in the morning, Hayden Palm passed away. This bittersweet news caused two narratives to start running simultaneously in my mind. The eternal and more spectacular narrative is that she is healed with Jesus, eternally secure, and quite frankly, she's doing better than any of us. But it's that other narrative. For those of us who knew and loved her near and far, I would be far, me, my family. We have not met her in real space. We only knew of her in cyberspace as my son would read her blog articles to our family when they came out. And while I would never try to minimize the eternal story, it is the other story, the earthly one, the earthly narrative that is most challenging and the heaviest and hardest at this moment. The hardness of this kind of storyline is always in proportion to the love you have for someone. If you love much, you will grieve much. And in this situation, is Hayden Palm. For many individuals, especially her husband and families and close friends, it's unbearably hard. I cannot imagine. I only knew of her virtually, but it still hurts. As her brother in Christ, I, like many others, had the privilege of entering into her story. Hebrews 13.3 says it this way, Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Well, I entered in for the same reason you did. Her story spoke to all of us. We're all imprisoned in what Paul called this body of death. We're all walking her path. We all have an appointment with our maker, though her date with God seems so premature. She was only 24 years old. Our family did not observe her as disinterested spectators because we are in the body with her. As the Hebrew writer put so eloquently, and Paul affirmed when he said in 1 Corinthians, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. When she suffered, we suffered, albeit vicariously. When she experienced her victories, we rejoiced with her. And when she died, a part of us died too. That is how the body of Christ works. Now she's in heaven, but we are not. Through the eyes of faith, we know what's happening with her today. And while our Christian faith brings hope to our mortal selves, it does not overpower the weight of the grief that we feel, and it shouldn't, because our job today is to weep. When Jesus looked at and thought about his friend Lazarus, two words summed it up perfectly. In John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Loving people grieve when part of the body dies. Grief is an appropriate and healthy part of the Christian experience. To not care is not to love, and to not love is not to grieve. One of my team members alerted me to Hayden's passing. We all have been tagging along for months, hoping, praying, rejoicing, and hurting with her. When we found out about her passing, our ministry stopped because what we do on a daily basis was not 
important any longer. The more significant thing was the opportunity to enter into grief, and that is what we did. I shifted from work to reading the comments on Alicia's Facebook page. Alicia is Hayden's mom. Alicia is a student in our Mastermind program. I cried. It's interesting how our perceived important things fade into the background when what's really important takes hold of the mind. We were about two hours from our family meal, and I dreaded telling them about Hayden. I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to break down in front of them. Pride can distort your thinking like that. So we sat for our meal. We held hands as we do, and it was time for me to pray. But I couldn't. I had cupped my hands over my face. Lucia perceived something was amiss first, and she began asking questions, which took only about two to say, Is it Hayden? And the tears flowed. My children gathered around me, and I quietly nodded yes to their questions. We were sad. We grieved. And then we prayed. I do rejoice that she is in heaven. But that soundtrack runs in the background today. Yes, that message is there in my mind. No doubt it is real for sure. But it's not the main narrative for me today because I live in the sublunary world of sense and feel and natural human experience. The primary storyline for me in a word is grief, and that is how it's supposed to be because that is how hurting image bearers demonstrate a visceral aspect of God when a friend falls. God is love, and he made us in his image, and when one of his image bearers takes a mighty hit, we all become people of sorrow, acquainted with grief. Please don't misunderstand me. I do rejoice. But the pain of loss is more significant today because that is how death works in the here and now. If you are grieving, you are normal. You are an image bearer doing what you're supposed to do when death takes a fellow image bearer from us. You never dismiss the eternal narrative because that is how you keep going. Heaven is our victory because we will be with the eternal Son and Christ is how we overcome ultimately. But you don't want to hold back on Sarah today because it speaks to your tremendous love for this girl, for her husband and their families. As heaven awaits, we grieve today. We're coming to see you, Hayden. Thanks for listening to the podcast.